what I want to do is just uh, spend this morning just trying to think, what do I do? Do I go, do we go on to Romans or what? And uh, just talking with the staff just felt like, no, this is just kind of confirm what I was thinking. We can't just go on to the next thing. I think that it's appropriate to just take a moment, a Sunday, and, and say, okay, what just happened? And, and what, where are we going out of this? Or, or what's the results of this? And um, God, God clearly moved a week ago clearly moved in so many people's lives and um and there was uh, there were so many great stories I and mean, there's just a, a few of them and there's so many stories of what god was doing but there were some themes that came out of this weekend that i, I think are challenges uh for me personally uh, leading and for us as a church and um one of the themes that i heard um consistently um is people being nervous or fearful about the Holy Spirit and what he might do in our lives and what he might say to us or ask us to do or do through us, um, do to us, whatever it is. And let me read this story. This, this came out, it would, I think, be a, it encapsulates maybe a lot of what many of you may struggle with. Um, and this story, obviously, uh, had permission to read this. Coming into the Holy Spirit weekend, I was eager to know more about the Holy Spirit. Let me emphasize the word no. Even though I'm aware of the power of the Holy Spirit, I wanted to hear about it from someone else's perspective and then think about it without needing to experience it myself. During the weekend, Rob Reamer taught us about being open to the Spirit and then had a time where he asked us to get into groups and ask for the Holy Spirit to give us a word for those in the group with us. My first thought was, perfect. I brought two people with me. I won't have to be with any strangers. This won't be that uncomfortable. We'll just sit and wait it out. Eh, wrong. Rob told us to find two people we really didn't know and pray for each of them specifically. My group asked if they could inquire of the Holy Spirit for me first. At this point, my hands were shaking. My heart was racing. I felt such anxiety now that I wasn't sitting in my comfort zone. Was I actually going to hear from the Holy Spirit? What would the Spirit have to say? I was completely filled with fear. Of course, God gave a word to my group for me, and the word was nervous. I couldn't hide from God. As we talked about this word, I realized that I had been carrying fear of the Holy Spirit for a long time. The Spirit seemed unpredictable. I like to live an orderly life and be prepared for anything. And I always had the feeling that the Spirit might ask me to say or do something uncomfortable. It has always seemed safer just to pray to the Father and leave it at that. As we talked through it in my group, I made all these realizations. They asked if they could pray for me. And when they prayed, I tried as best as I could to open my heart and welcome the Spirit. And as I did, I felt a feeling of warmth and comfort wash over me. My body had been shaking in fear, and then it completely relaxed. Hearing from the Spirit wasn't the fearful thing I had imagined it to be. I can't say that I'm completely comfortable yet with the idea of hearing from the Holy Spirit, but I would say my perspective has changed. I'm going to try to remain open to what the Spirit has to say moving forward in life. I wonder how many of us in this room, that's a similar experience, similar perspective. And when when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, or when you start thinking about the Holy Spirit, it starts to make you nervous 
or it starts to make you fearful because of, and I, you know, fill in the blank, whatever that means to you. And, and I'm not going to give you ideas in case that makes you even more fearful. Um, but I think a lot of us in this room don't come from backgrounds where we have been taught on the Holy Spirit. We just don't. So many of us don't, don't have that as a foundation and an understanding. And so it's hard to move into it. It's hard to understand that. How do you do this? Especially when something is, is just, you know, not a part of our experience, not on our radar. I mean, that, that's my story. It's not on my radar. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't part of the church background that, that I grew up in. Grew up in a church of people that love the Lord, but that just wasn't part of it. And it's, it's not only hard to move in, it's hard then to lead it. Because how do you lead towards something that you've never been to? And, uh, and that's just part of mine. And I know, you know, I've backed off of some of this over the years because I was tired of getting weird looks and tired of getting comments and tired of uh, this <laughs> getting a reputation. I'm like, I don't, I'm not trying to get a reputation. I'm just trying to be open to the Spirit, right? And... Uh, so I don't have this all figured out, and if you think I did, I, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I, I don't have this all figured out. Um, but what I am realizing out of this is that we do need to start talking more about the Holy Spirit. We're going to keep this conversation going about who the Holy Spirit is. We're going to continue to provide more opportunities to know Him. And, and the thing that just kind of I don't know, just hit me as I was just thinking through these, these thoughts was what in the world has happened where the church is scared of the Holy Spirit? Like that's just messed up. I mean, isn't that like Satan? And this isn't the holy fear, reverence fear. This is the nervous, scared fear. And, and I'm part of that group. I'm not, not throwing stones. I'm in that group. And what has happened like Satan's over there going, yeah, as long as I get them scared of the Holy Spirit, guess what? They'll never go to the Holy Spirit. They'll never see the ministry and the power and the authority in their lives through the Holy Spirit. And, and that's just, as, as I've been thinking through this, I'm like, ah, that starts to tick me off. And, and not in a Scott Brooks is going to change the world kind of thing, because that, that always goes really bad. Um, but just that righteous anger. And I don't know about you, but that just ticks me off in the righteous way to go, what? I'm not here. No, we're not doing that. I'm not going to do that anymore. I mean, the essence of the Holy Spirit, right? We, we love and worship a triune God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The essence of God is love. So when you and I encounter the Holy Spirit, the essential experience of it of that, of that time with him or that encounter is defined as love. And that's what he wants to invite us into, is being loved by him. I also realized that it goes kind of hand-glove with this thing, is we have not done a great job at Freshwater training in this area and equipping in this area. And that's on me as a leader. Uh, I've been here 16 years. It, it's, it's on me. Um, after 16 years, you, the buck stops here. And, and I'm just looking at this going, this, this was a huge win for us as a church 
what happened this past weekend. But um, to have not only just, I mean, new Christians, I can get it, but Christians, you know, people who've been following Christ for years sitting there saying, I, I didn't know about this. I've never been trained in this. I didn't know this was possible. And, and they've been coming here. Uh, you know, I just sat there and went, all right, God, I, I get it. Um, it's kind of a wake-up call. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says this about the Holy Spirit, about what he does in just a local church family. He says, Paul's talking to them and saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to equip you all to minister and serve under his power and authority. And he says this, there's a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's a variety of service, but the same Lord. There's a variety of activities, but the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. So every Christ follower is given a gift from the Spirit for the common good, meaning for the building up of the body. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. And all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions each one individually as he wills. As a church, as a denomination, we, we read this passage and say, hey, this is still going on today. And I don't know whether we have done, no, I don't know, I can't say that. I know we have not done a good job training in this area. Now, this is supposed to be like our bread and butter. This is just the Christian life. And, and we need to know these gifts, and we need not to be ashamed of these gifts, afraid of these gifts. These are from the Holy Spirit. He wants us to use these today. And so we're going to be in more intentional here. And, and it's not just next week, and it's, this isn't about being emotional and having this big emotional reaction. This is about the word I get is intentional and deliberate. And so while we may not see change here in the next six months or the next year, my, my vision, the, the, my vision the, the vision I just think God's saying is, Scott, five years from now, the landscape of this church will be different if you effectively teach and equip and train people in this. And so... Hang on. I don't know whether we'll have Rob back or somebody else back. I don't know what this looks like. I've got to sit down and talk with our staff, with our elders, and pray through this. What does this look like to raise up and train up a group of people who know the Holy Spirit, aren't afraid to him, of him and his ministry, and walk in authority and power? So that the stories that we hear is just, well, yeah, that's the normal Christian life. And that's going to take time. It's going to take time, and I'm okay with it. Uh, we can do it. We can do it with Christ. The third and final observation uh, that uh, I saw was uh, this idea of doubt versus faith. And uh, I, I think I heard this theme a, a lot of people struggling with doubts about all kinds of things that surround this. Not unbelief, like 
like even how Mike articulated I, I believe God has this power. I believe God still moves. But doubts, how does this work in my life? How does this apply to me? Doubts like this could really be me. This could happen to me. God could use me, however that is. And there was even moments. I, I had doubts even this past weekend, when Mike, you know, pointed at me and he said, I want you, I'm like, ah, I mean, I chickened out, I got Rob, I pulled Rob over, I'm like, I need your help, Rob, yeah, Mike, I didn't actually tell you that, I'm sorry, true confessions, but I was filled with doubt, like, I have not seen, I'll be honest, I've not seen God heal a back, he didn't heal my back, I had surgery, didn't have a, a divine intervention, he healed my back through medicine, and I, I'll praise him for it all day long because there's only one way we understand medicine and that's through the mind that he gives us. And so I'll praise God for that. I'm thankful for healing through medicine. But I, I was like, God, I want that. Like how many of us pray and we're like, Lord, we want that healing, that divine healing. So I chickened out and asked Rob to come up and, and, and Rob and I were praying and, and God moved in a way that, you know, is the way that God moves. But how many of us struggle with those doubts? Like, yeah, that can happen to him. That happens through Rob. And, and how many of us know the passages of Scripture? I'm just going to read several of these. One of them is the context, or two of them is the context of Jesus going to a fig tree, wanting fruit. There's no fruit there, but it was out of season. So it was a ridiculous uh, ask, request. Hey, tree, why don't you produce fruit in the off season? And Jesus you know, no fruit there, so he just curses a tree, and, and they go back by the tree. I don't know if it was the next day or several days later, and the disciples are like, whoa, tree's dead. Wow, why, how? And Jesus says this, Mark 11, he says, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, her heart, but believes that what he or she says is going to happen, it shall be granted to him or to her. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you received them, and they'll should be granted to you. Now, this doesn't happen in the New Testament once. It happens twice. Let me read to you again. Matthew chapter 21. Jesus answers them because they're like, whoa, you killed the fig tree. And he says, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you shall not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it shall happen. And all things you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. First John says this in chapter 5, for John writes this, he says, and he walked with Jesus. He says, this is the confidence every Christ follower, right? Every Christ follower should have before Christ, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. And these are just several verses of promises and these statements where God says, look, if you have faith, I will answer your prayer. If it's according, you're praying according to my will and you have faith, I will answer it. And how many of us hear those things? And, and, and maybe your story is like my story, like Rob, what he was even sharing, just you never grew up with this stuff. So how do you walk in this stuff? And, you know, and we hear stories about it. When I was here at Freshwater, when I came, um, I didn't understand this stuff. Even when I was in Missoula, you know, I was on staff, but I wasn't the senior pastor, so I would slink around and just join, you know, times of prayer with people and just try to just kind of 
weasel my way in and listen to like the people who really had faith and I, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's good. That's a good one to pray. I'm going to pray that one next time. And I, I didn't understand it. And I got here to Wadsworth and, and now as a senior pastor and I still had so many doubts. I still didn't know how to do this thing. And I would try to slink my way through into different groups. And the problem is they were all looking at me going, what are you going to pray, big boy? You know, let's go. Come on. Uh, let's do something. Let's see God move. And I'm like, I don't know. And uh, Steve Wiggins was on staff at the time, and we did, you know, he was here for, what, 12 or 13 years here. We, we ministered together, and we'd have conversations like, nobody's taught us, and we don't know what to do, and, and, and we'd be like, Lord, show us what to do. And I remember we brought in, around 10 years ago, the Holy Spirit Weekend with Ron and Martin, so Ron Walborn, and Martin Sanders, and um, they did a training for a, a group of, of us, around 30 people, on a Friday night. And they taught us, okay, this is how you minister. And they just kind of bullet pointed. It's actually what uh, Rob taught on, sat- on that Saturday a week ago. And, um, I, and I remember, I, I literally made a cheat sheet. And, and so I went into uh, Saturday, the next day, and, you know, they're teaching and all this stuff. I had my cheat sheet, and I would, I would lay it right next to my, my leg right here, and I'd be like, okay, step one, okay, this is what we do. And then I would look down, kind of like, you know, nonchalant, so nobody would see it. And I'm like, step number two. Okay, do this, and then step number three, and I'm like, is this working? Um, I remember there was a couple moments there where we were, somebody came forward for something, I can't remember what it was, and I was just, I was in over my head, didn't know what to do, and I'm looking at Ron and Martin, I'm like, get over here, and they're going, no, and I'm like, come over here, and they're like, no, and I'm like, I paid you guys, (laughs) and they're like, you have the same power, you have the same authority. You have the Holy Spirit. We are not going to bail you out. Do it. And that weekend was marked more with failure and struggle than it was victory. And yet there was these moments where I'm like, oh, that's, what, that's how that works? That's, that's, that's all you do? Like, uh, you're in me and... And that started this week. We had a powerful weekend as a church. And that's why I didn't ask Ron and Martin to come back, because they didn't bail me out. Um, But it set us on this journey. I actually was talking to someone over here who, and I really believe one of the reasons why this church went forward so far and so fast was it was filled with people who had faith. And I was so young, I was, you know, 30s and still trying to figure this out. And so I'd hang out with them and, and it was their faith and the way they prayed and saw God move. And, and so it started to grow in that over the last 10 years, starting to get more comfortable, starting to see all that. And I'm still in places where I go, God, I don't know how to do this. I haven't seen you do this. And I still, I still have doubts. And, and if you're at the beginning of that journey, you're probably saying right there, yeah, I don't, it's not that I don't believe, it's like I don't know how this is true for me. I don't know how this works for me. And whether you don't feel qualified, you don't feel trained enough, or you're locked down by doubts, um, our doubts can literally keep us from these promises, keep us from seeing God move in our life. I was talking to Lynn this past week, and uh, um, he said something that just, it just clicked for me. Um, So he's going to be like, wow, you're going to put that up on the screen. I am, because it's such a good quote. Um, And he said, there's no practical difference between someone who doesn't believe this still happens 
and someone who does believe it but never acts on that belief. There's no practical difference between somebody who says, That's, that doesn't happen at all, and someone who says, oh no, that happens, but I never do anything about it because I have doubts. There's no difference. And this past weekend, I saw person after person where the Holy Spirit came and did things through them. And I heard so many conversations, you wouldn't believe this. You wouldn't believe this. I can't believe God did this. And shock and surprise and just joy. I think that's probably the best word, joy, like God's using me. Like God spoke to me. God gave me a vision. God gave me a word. Like you wouldn't believe what it unlocked for this person. And I think what God would have us do and this is going to take time. It, sometimes God intervenes and, and we can pray and say, God, just take this away. Take away doubts. Come on. How about it? And then sometimes God says, no, you're going to walk through this and you're going to learn and depend on me and grow in this over a long walk in the same direction. And so there's several challenges I, I, want, I want to just lay out there before you as a church. Several different ones. First one being, um, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now. And so we'll, we'll actually just stop here in terms of prayer and, and, and you can start to talk to the Holy Spirit. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit if he, uh, let me say it that way, if he wants you to get more training. I want you to ask him that question. Holy Spirit, do you want me to get more training about understanding you and ministering in your power and authority? And it's simply a yes or no question. It's not complex. And we've already prayed. The Holy Spirit's here. He's talking. What is he saying to you? And if he is telling you right now, yes, I want you to get more training, would you give him your word? Lord, when there's another opportunity, I'll say yes. You give him your word. Sometimes God uses emotions. Sometimes he uses our minds. I think this is a time where he, I, 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 I think he is coming to you in a very logical, calm way and saying, follow my lead, yes or no. And if you give him your word, it, it's significant. It's not a small thing. Second, will you begin a long-term practice of prayer and fasting towards this end? I was challenged by Rob, I'll, I'll be honest, when I heard that he was fasting three days and two weeks for more understanding and more of the Holy Spirit in him, I just sat there and went, oh, oops. I haven't gone after God like that in a long time. And it wasn't just a one-time deal. So I want you to ask the Holy Spirit right now, do you want me to fast and pray on a regular basis? for more than just an hour, but maybe several days in a row, asking for more power and authority, more of his control in your life. 
if he's asking you to do this, Holy Spirit, would you just tell each person here? And, and this goes for students. This goes for kids. This goes for everyone from the youngest to the oldest in this room. Kids, don't check out here. You can do this. You can ask God for this kind of power, this kind of authority. This isn't a grown-up thing. You have the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is saying, yeah, I want you to be more intentional, I want you to fast, I want you to pray, then give him your word that you will. Tell him that you will do it until he releases you from this. Holy Spirit, would you, as we are sitting here listening to you, wanting you to lead, would you teach us even more about you? about how to listen to you, about how to pray, about how to walk in this. Lord, we we don't want a goal to be like somebody else. We want our goal to be close to you, filled with you, walking in step with you. That's our goal. Holy Spirit, would you fill each person here as we leave with your love? I release your love, God, on every single person here. In the name of Christ. Lord, the truth is nothing can resist your love. That that powerful love when we release it and we just bless, Lord, every person in this room, every person on this campus with your love. Lord, I bless each person here with your peace that it would push through any darkness. It would go to the very core of each person here, that we would walk out with your peace. Lord, I look forward to the day when this church is living in the way your vision has for it, living in the calling that you've already given us more and more of us, God. Do that work in us, Jesus. Amen.